Welcome to the Technology Trailblazers podcast, where we explore new ways to unlock business potential with unprecedented technological innovation. Hi there, I'm your host, Derek Little, and this is the podcast for companies of all sizes wanting to digitally transform their business with the latest technology. In this podcast, I was honored to speak with Jules Hammond, CEO of BFC. His company provides bioenzymatic fuel cells as an eco-friendly option to miniature batteries currently used in low-powered electronics. After completing two successful startup exits while still in university, Jules drew on his advanced degrees in mechanical, electrical, and electronics engineering to recognize another good opportunity. He saw a way to protect the environment by commercializing power-dense miniaturized versions of bioenzymatic fuel cells used in pacemaker research. In this episode, he describes which industries can benefit most from his compostable biofuel cells and how much environmental damage they can prevent by eliminating battery pollutants from being released into landfills around the world. Here's what he had to say. Yes, so uh, our, our group here in Grenoble for 40 years have worked on biosensors um, and in the last maybe 10 or 15 years moved towards biofuel cells. And historically, our main focus has been to try to power either pacemakers uh, to, to control the heart rate or to power insulin pumps. Um, the idea is if you can then use the fuel, which is the bloodstream, uh, being glucose and oxygen, to power the fuel cell, you can almost have a perpetual energy source. Um, and this was really the focus of our research. Uh, the, the main areas of uh, research were to try to stabilize the biofuel cell, to try to reduce the fire um, um, rejection, essentially, to essentially prevent the um, rejection of the body, um, a rejection of the fuel cell in the body. So through your market research, you identified that there was a need for sustainability in low-power electronics. Is that right? Sure. So the, the market research, first of all, focused on what can we power? Um, so biofuel cells produce very little power. Um, we're talking about micro to milliwatts. So the first idea was to try to understand uh, what electronic systems could we power? And most of these kind of tend to be simple sensors and some low power communication methods like Bluetooth, low energy, SIGFOX or LoRaWAN. The next idea was to focus on short-term applications. Uh, biofuel cells are using enzymes to convert the, the fuels. And by this nature, their operational lifetime tends to be quite short. You can either count it in weeks, months, or years, depending on how hard you use the biofuel cell. We decided to start doing some uh, product, um, product research uh, into low-power electronics, and we realized that we could power some uh, basic sensors like temperature, humidity sensors, and also some wireless uh, protocols such as Bluetooth Low Energy, SIGFOX, Vero1. Uh, the next idea was to focus on short-term applications because biofuel cells being, um, by their nature, powered by enzymes. Um, often have very short operational stability. We're talking about weeks, months, maximum that we've proven in the laboratory is one year. So we identified some interesting uh, use cases and the first proof of concept was actually for digital pregnancy tests. Uh, here you have a very simple sensor. Uh, the device lasts for just seven minutes and it's a one-time use. And when they're disposed of, uh, rarely do anyone dismantle the device and remove the two batteries inside. So this was the first proof of concept. From there, we moved to wearable patches, monitoring things like temperature uh, of the body, 
uh, for wound monitoring. And then from there, we then decided that there was a huge market in packaging and logistics. Uh, and this really is where the, the company took, uh, took flight and we realized how big the market was. Now, I understand there's, there's a big problem with environmental waste or e-waste. Did you do some research into that? Is that, uh, I mean, if they're throwing, if, I mean, there's got to be a lot of pregnancy tests out there being done and women are just throwing these away and they're going right into the trash and the batteries are going right into the landfill. Have you done some research on the scale of that problem and, and the, the solution that you know, uh, biofuel cell could provide for these manufacturers? We, we have. So the, the pregnancy test is a great example. I mean, the leader at the moment is selling between 5 and 10 million units per year of digital pregnancy tests. And these contain two batteries. Uh, you then have digital ovulation tests um, or fertility testing. Uh, again, these contain batteries. Um, when we started to look at the market research for miniature batteries, uh, the numbers were quite staggering. So for uh, portable primary batteries, which are non-rechargeable, the number is 15 billion of these batteries either end up in landfill or incineration. And then miniature batteries, which are kind of the coin or button cell batteries, are on average 97% of these end up in landfill or incineration. Now, originally it was uh, quite difficult to, to get down to these numbers because in fact, lots of people collect these miniature batteries to be recycled. But the reality is they're not recycled. They're shipped across to other countries where they're then put into landfill. The reason being, they're very complicated to recycle. The amount of valuable material inside the miniature batteries is minute, which means it's actually often unecological to recycle them. They actually require more energy um, to, to recover any value. So like that, they either end up being burnt or buried, which is terrible for the environment. And this is really where BFC steps in to provide our organic uh, paper-based uh, biofuel cells as a sustainable solution for these single-use and low-power electronic devices. So some of these batteries are lithium batteries that contain heavy metals, huh? Uh, lithium for sure. And there's a whole other aspect to lithium mining and uh, purification, um, but often some uh, alkaline based batteries and these can often have quite nasty electrolytes uh, so the conductive liquid between the uh, terminals can be potassium hydroxide for example and this can be very harmful not only to uh, humans but also to aquatic life and, and plant life and so your battery is recyclable uh, our battery is recyclable but in fact uh, we kind of say it's compostable so our device is made from, from paper, from enzymes, from sugar. Um, there's no metal, no plastic. So in, in this effect, you can dispose of the device in the environment and it really represents uh, no or negligible impact to the environment. In fact, the studies that we've done uh, on biodegradability actually show that our device can have a positive impact to plant life and aquatic life. Okay, so how does that compare? So if I was a, a manufacturer, of a medical device and I'm thinking, okay, we're selling our product now, the batteries are in there. It's not really a big issue. People aren't talking about it and they're starting to talk about it. So we would love to make our product sustainable. I'm imagining their first question would be, well, how does it perform? What's the performance difference? Because if the performance is the same and we can talk about cost issues in a second, but there's no reason why they wouldn't switch. So what, what would you say to a manufacturer who's 
considering the performance issues. You're right, Derek. I mean, there are lots of um, companies now waking up to their environmental impact, particularly with the public uh, focus on these aspects. Um, we uh, are price comparable with lithium, but we don't produce the same amount of power. Um, but where we are interesting is if you are using alkaline-based batteries, uh, we can soon compete on price because we're moving to a printed roll-to-roll process. But more importantly, we provide similar energy and power densities to alkaline-based batteries, but we're biodegradable, compostable. Um, and I think this is a really strong um, message to these large corporates and also to their clients. Um, the long-term goal is to prove that we can produce these devices at a scale and at the price being comparable with alkaline. And actually, we have a really strong research and development roadmap where uh, currently in the lab, we are producing much higher power densities. So the energy is the total amount of uh, energy you can extract from the device, but the power is the instantaneous um, energy that you can extract. And we outperform alkaline here, which... Uh, gives us a differentiator because alkaline-based batteries aren't always suitable for powering the wireless communication um, transceivers, uh, whereas BFC technology acts like a super cap um, and, and can deliver enough power to send these wireless messages. So you're in France and you're aware of the environmental regulations in Europe, and I'm sure they're they have very strict regulations, I understand, in California, too. So are companies right now that have batteries in their devices, are they dealing, is there a cost they have to incur to deal with these regulations? Is that, would your battery then provide relief for them there? At least in Europe, if you dispose of a, a, a medical device that contains, say, infectious or hazardous waste, so anything that's being contaminated with biological fluids, if the device then also contains a chemical battery, then they pay a, a surcharge to dispose of it. So actually, there is a, a kind of a, a back-end cost to disposing of these medical digital devices. So some companies refuse to sell digital medical products altogether. Um, but then there's another train of thought where by providing a digital sensing platform or digital data, you create new value. Um, and here is the dichotomy of what do you do? You have this huge opportunity to improve uh, patient health and patient outcomes, but at the same time, you're creating a, an environmental impact because of the battery. And where our company is positioned is to try to um, allow you not to have to make a decision between the two, to allow you to provide, uh, for instance, in the medical sector, digital single-use, um, single-patient products that can be easily disposed of with the minimal environmental impact. Um, and we believe that in the next few years, we will have continued support from at least the European Council here in the EU to uh, promote our type of technology for these applications. So there's a lot of manufacturers holding back from using a battery because they don't want to deal with the regulations or the environmental issue. And now they can power their device with a biofuel power cell. Exactly. Um, actually, a, a perfect uh, success story is uh, a Swedish-based company that we work with. They're leaders in uh, urological products, and they wanted to start to digitize some of these products. Um, so they looked around for some sort of battery that had very low environmental impact, but all of their research showed them that there wasn't anything on the market. 
Uh, luckily, around two years ago, we, we met this company at an exhibition. They discovered our technology and they said, voila, we've, we've found you. Um, and now we've developed a uh, over-the-counter product that allows uh, patients to self-diagnose and it's a, a male-based product that prevents males having uh, incorrect surgery um, from misdiagnostics uh, of prostate cancer. So it has a real impact. It's an over-the-counter product, easy to use. And the reason it's easy to use is it has the integrated electronics um, that were not possible with conventional battery technologies. Okay, so I understand, uh, I mean, if, if a company wants to get involved in using your power source, the battery is one thing but now they have to integrate it into their device. And I understand you have like a digital platform, a digital solution you, you can integrate, do all that for them as well? Yeah, you, you alluded it to, uh, to it earlier, what is the performance of our device? So um, as I said, in terms of uh, power density, we're less than lithium, we're similar to alkaline. The exact numbers are, can range between one and 10 milliwatts um, hour per square centimeter. So that's the energy density or capacity. Um, the peak power that we deliver typically is one to two milliwatts per square centimeter, uh, which is not so bad, but for instance, a lithium battery can be 50 to 100 milliwatts. Um, so we're an order of magnitude lower there. Um, what, what that means is our, our technology is quite uh, unique. And what we discovered early on is that there were clients out there that were interested in our technology, but weren't necessarily sure how to optimize the electronics to BFC technology. So what we decided to do was to create a platform that was optimized to our technology to provide a reliable, stable performance with our, our biofuel cell technology. And really now it's a perfect marriage and, and yeah, it works well. Okay, so if a company is excited by this idea of using a biofuel cell, what, what, are the, what would, advice would you give to them how to get started? Like what would their, how should their thought process go or what questions should they start asking? So, so we encourage people to come to us and give us a very clear specification of what they're looking for. So for us, if they have ideally a power profile, um, kind of showcasing the amount of peak power, the amount of continuous power that's required, um, the operational lifetime or the longevity of the device. We can then try to design the, the size and, and performance of our technology to meet that use case. Um, there are some limitations that we have, for instance, at sub-zero temperatures or temperatures above 75 degrees Celsius. Uh, our technology is not suitable. Uh, but in many other aspects, there's ways to kind of optimize our technology to meet the use case. It can be to print larger biofuel cells um, in order to provide higher power density or, or greater uh, capacities. So if you are dealing with a, a very large manufacturer and uh, you know, they're worried about the cost of scaling up production I mean, I'm sure battery, I don't know for sure, but I'm sure batteries are mass produced on scale with economies of scale and manufacturer, manufacturing techniques. If someone wants to use a biofuel cell like yours, is there a way that they can mass produce it? Um, well, we're actually moving to mass production. So we, we currently have what's called a sheet-to-sheet -sheet process. It's a robotic arm with a laser cutter. And this essentially cuts the different layers of the biofuel cell technology and assembles them in situ. Um, but actually now we're moving towards a roll-to-roll -to -roll process. 
Um, so you have large rolls of material, which are then cut and assembled. And we actually are printing the electrodes directly onto these paper substrates. Uh, and by moving to this kind of um, production technologies, uh, we aim to reduce the price uh, by a factor of 75%. So one quarter of the, the price of the current uh, production processes. So you're saying it would be 25% the cost of using batteries, producing batteries? So, so so, so I, I think uh, we will definitely achieve parity pricing to alkaline uh, button or coin cell uh, technologies. Um, we'd be significantly cheaper than alkaline printed technologies. I see. Uh, and the key reasons for this is we have biosource materials, cellulose, glucose, and enzymes. Um, and printing and roll-to-roll -roll cut and assembly are, are able to produce 1 million units per day on, on a fairly standard machine. Is there any news that you'd like to share about BFC? Is there any uh, events that you're going to or anything that you'd like to mention? Uh, so, so BFC will be uh, heading to Dubai for what's called the GTEx um, Forum, which is like CS in, in, the, in the Middle East. Uh, we'll then be at Medica in Dusseldorf, which is considered the number one uh, health and medical exhibition. And then CES 2022. So we'll be live in, in uh, Las, Las Vegas for this event. Okay, if you want to send me uh, the links to those events for the dates, I'll add those in the show notes for anybody who's interested. Super, no, that'd be great. And I, I encourage anyone to contact us that are interested in our technology so that someone from our team can discuss your needs and, and try to find a solution. Okay, well, we're coming to the end of the show anyway. Uh, if someone doesn't want to get in touch with you, Jules, what's your website address or how should they get in touch with you? Uh, so our website is befc.global, um, and then you have the, the links to the different languages. Uh, we're present in the U.S., Japan, and France, um, and you can email us at info at befc.fr, um, and someone from our team will get back to you, uh, typically within one day. Okay, thanks for coming on the show, Jules. Super, thank you, Derek. Now I'd like to present my marketing priority report. This is where I review the marketing needs of BFC based on my marketing priority survey that Jules took. My survey covers my four cornerstones of startup growth, visibility, sales, customer value, and authority. The report for BFC revealed that their most important yet underserved marketing needs involve visibility and sales. Their main concerns are making the right first impression, getting their target audiences to understand the value of using a biofuel cell and communicating the full benefits of their product. I suggest they consider implementing a marketing solution that distributes content that makes a great first impression on their target audiences while explaining how each can benefit uniquely. For content, I suggest they get interviewed on more podcast shows with video, particularly those that reach their target audiences. For example, my podcast is shared to my LinkedIn network where I'm connected with 850 technology investors. So my podcast is a good one for reaching investors. For distribution, I suggest they run sponsored videos on LinkedIn. This would let them proactively reach out to their target audiences as often as they like. To get the best return on investment, they should optimize their LinkedIn campaigns by tracking video views, pausing underperforming campaigns, and reallocating their resources to their top performing videos. Their videos could also be reposted on their YouTube channel for more visibility. 
So to summarize, I suggest Jules and his team get interviewed on more podcasts and sponsor these videos on LinkedIn to reach their target audiences. By making themselves more visible to their target audiences, either customers or investors, they'll be more likely to attract the people they want. So that's my point of view on how BFC can handle their marketing priorities based on their responses to my marketing priority survey. Thanks for listening to the Technology Trailblazers Club podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Derek Little, founder of trailblazerwriting.com. My company provides complete marketing solutions for technology startups and consultants. This includes hourly coaching and consulting on marketing strategy, developing webinars, eBooks, videos, podcasts, and newsletters, creating YouTube channels and LinkedIn groups, and planning and managing LinkedIn advertising campaigns. You can get your own free marketing priority report or get more information about my services by visiting trailblazerwriting.com or contact me directly at derek at trailblazerwriting.com.